This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. The Bible tells us the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Have you ever wondered what that means? Let's talk about it in our message today. Please stay with us. It's a fascinating parable when Jesus uses the mustard seed to talk about the tremendous potential of the reign of God's grace in this world. And to think about the phrase, the kingdom of God is for the birds. We'll explore that in the next few minutes together. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, We thank you that Jesus used many common elements of life to try and reveal to us the truth of your kingdom in this world. Reassure us in your grace and remind us again of what it means to be kingdom people and that you are alive and at work in spite of the difficulties of this life, that your word of promise is the basis of our hope. Open our ears to hear your promises and to anchor our lives by faith in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's gospel is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. Jesus told them a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that all the birds come and perch in its branches. This is the Gospel of the Lord. When Jesus burst on the public scene after his baptism, he said, The kingdom of God is here. By his presence, Jesus brought the reign of God and established it in a whole new way. In much of his life of ministry, Jesus taught us about the kingdom of God. It's a bold thought to continue in faith to say, God reigns over this world, over the events of time and eternity, over people of all nations and cultures. But what does it mean for we who believe in Jesus and are therefore part of the kingdom's people? to know that we are seeded into life in this world, embedded into this world and are a part of that growing kingdom. What does it mean? Well, with Jesus' parable of the mustard seed, I'd like to explore with you a little bit about how what is tiny will become huge, about how the kingdom is organic, how God calls us to a unique type of holiness, that the kingdom is inclusive, and that the kingdom offers the ultimate refuge in the tree outside Jerusalem's gates. Jesus used that mustard seed, the tiniest seed, to illustrate how that 
tiny seed becomes the large tree of the garden, the mustard tree, where Jesus says even the birds find shelter and build a nest. The kingdom of God might seem to be small or being experiencing setback, but it's going to grow huge. In American business, there's a lot of stories of small, meager beginnings becoming huge. Did you know that Walt Disney began sketching animated characters in his garage before giving birth to the vision of Disney World? Did you know that a man who was an electronics hacker named Steve Wozniak and his longtime friend Steve Jobs started building personal computers in their garage in 1976 and it exploded to become the company we call Apple? Or how in 1891, a 29-year-old man named William Wrigley Jr. moved from Philadelphia to Chicago and began selling soap and offering baking powder as an incentive. But baking powder was so popular that he shifted to sell baking powder and offered chewing gum as an incentive. But again, the popularity of the gum made him switch so that in 1893, he produced... Juicy Fruit, which became the number one chewing gum in the country. Now, a baseball field in Chicago where the lovable losers, the Chicago Cubs play, Wrigley Field, bears his name. Or a company called Mattel, where newly married Ruth and Elliot Handler started manufacturing picture frames and then using remnant wood to build dollhouse furniture. They soon discovered that the toy niche was a much more lucrative uh, place to invest their energy, and so they began building dollhouse furniture. Eventually, that led them to sponsor a TV program called the Mickey Mouse Club. And then in 1955, they released their iconic toy, the Barbie doll. And it, it just went huge. Well, let's talk about small to huge in the followers of Jesus. A handful of disciples now has become a worldwide church, the body of Jesus Christ in this world. It all began when Andrew, who had been a disciple of John the Baptist, invited his brother Simon, who Jesus would call Peter, saying, We found the Messiah. Come and see. And so a small band of twelve motley fishermen and blue-collar boys and a few women began to share the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus the Messiah, a kingdom of grace, a kingdom of hope that now has spread to people of every nation and culture and color and language worldwide. Small can become big. I was uh, just up in northern Minnesota for a week of vacation, and every time I come to Big Wolf Lake near Bemidji, Minnesota, the chiggers, the deer flies, and the mosquitoes start salivating because they love to feast on the body of Lee Lovig. Chiggers are especially a problem to my poor legs. They eat in Norwegian delicacy food from my calves and thighs and feet. Those little chiggers you can't even see with your eyes 
become small with an amazing impact impossible to ignore. That's a negative impact of small that has huge implications. But that same week, I was putting my grandson to sleep one night, and I sang to him, Jesus wants me for a sunbeam to shine for him each day. And it occurred to me that those insects that had such a bad negative impact that the opposite would also be true in offering hope to the whole world if every child could hear and understand the invite of Jesus to shine like a little sunbeam of love and light in their circle of life. Dear friends, believers in Jesus Christ, Jesus invites you to be a little sunbeam of light and grace and hope. And if every one of us who named the name of Jesus shone with that kind of love, it would have a worldwide impact. We look around us today and there's much that discourages us. We wonder if the Christian church, the body of Christ, is going to lose. But the message of this mustard seed kingdom says, no, what begins small will spread to the world and the reign of God will prevail. Jesus is Lord. And in the end, Jesus wins. The kingdom of God, like a mustard seed, is organic in life. It's continually growing and active, not always visible to see, but God's spirit The power of life is making it happen. It is not programmatic and technique. It's not a political platform or agenda. The kingdom of God can't be established by military force or strength. You can't legislate the kingdom of God. It's like the mustard seed planted in the dirt that emerges from with life that cannot be suppressed by the power of God's Spirit, the kingdom of Jesus Christ will grow. It's a power of life outside of human capacity. It's God's power, and you cannot stop what God will give life to. But third... The kingdom, like a mustard seed, is a call of the Spirit to holiness. In the ancient Jewish understanding of holiness, it was kadosh in Hebrew. It had to do with separating. And it's understandable that the tiny nation of Israel, sandwiched between great empires who wanted to swallow up and assimilate them, that God would ask them to be kadosh, separate, a distinctive identity crucial for their survival as God's people. Eventually, that led to a whole Jewish life permeated in purity codes. And if you didn't stay pure according to the legal code, you could no longer be part of the worshiping community. But I believe that Jesus ushered in a whole different understanding of holiness. I came to understand this new revelation as I read from the book, If Grace is True, written by Quaker pastors Philip Gully and James Mulholland. They write, 
Holiness is God's ability to confront evil without being defiled. God's holiness doesn't require him to keep evil at arm's length. In fact, evil cannot alter God's love, for his gracious character is beyond corruption. That's what it means to say God is holy. God's love is incorruptible. So holiness and love aren't competing commitments. God is love, and his love endures forever. And that enduring love is what makes God holy. No manner of evil done to us or by us can separate us from God's love. God transforms his morally imperfect children through the power of his perfect love. It is our experience of God's love that inspires us to holiness. So when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, he's not talking about moral purity. In the same verses, Jesus says, love your enemies. So moral purity or holiness is not the demonstration of God's character, rather extravagant love. We are like God in holiness, not when we're morally pure, but when we are extravagant and gracious in love. So the parable of the mustard seed at heart is a teaching not about separation, but about radical inclusivity. It's a parable about inviting all the barriers to come down and all people to be included. Jesus, remember, said that the mustard seed grows to be a mustard tree and that all the birds find their shelter in its branches. Israel, a nation of 70 by 270 miles, had 400 species of birds. Israel's in the main bird migration part of that world. And so I think of that phrase in the Psalms, Yea, the sparrow has found her a place where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord, God of hosts. So every species of bird, everyone is invited. We might find some birds to be attractive and desirable and some to be repulsive. If I say eagle, you say majestic, strong, wonderful. If I say vulture, you probably want to throw up. If I say hawk, you are attracted. If I say crow, you're repelled. If I say bluebird or robin or goldfinch or lark, you would say wonderful, listen to their songs. But if I said grackle, you might say, mm, get them out of here. We judge what are attractive and desirable and what are not. We do the same thing with people. We desire certain people to be welcomed into the kingdom of God and some to be not. But just like the birds of the air, how many of them did God create? All of them, of course. How many of them does God love? All of them. Jesus says all the birds are welcome to find shelter in the branches of the mustard tree. All those species that migrate through Israel in their diversity all can find shelter and refuge in the tree that begins with the meagerest and tiniest beginnings. But Jesus 
makes it clear that though it's inclusive as an invite to all, it's exclusive in that it is in the name of Jesus that we're invited to be a part of the kingdom of God. There is no name given under heaven except the name of Jesus, it says in Acts chapter 4, where people might be saved. So it is in the profound truth of Jesus, the Son of God, coming to the world and being embedded into the evil and the dirt and the brokenness of this world, that he who is the seed of life gives birth to a new kingdom, and the smallest of beginnings grows to the all of created order is reconciled to God. So ultimately, I want to talk with you about another kind of tree that God has planted. And that's the tree upon which the Son of God hung and died, where he bled to take away the sins of the world. Cursed is the one who hangs upon the tree, it says in the scripture. Jesus took the curse upon himself into his body as the Savior of the world so that you never need to carry your shame nor let your guilt or imperfection keep you from believing that in the invite of God's love you are safe in his arms. So it's on the cross of the tree of Calvary planted on a place called Golgotha outside the gates of Jerusalem that you're invited and all people no matter who you are no matter where you've been no matter what you've done in the love of God the cross of Jesus Christ rises up and towers over creation and eternity and all peoples and Jesus on that cross opens his arms and extends them wide to say whosoever will may come, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. In the name of Jesus, we find rest and grace and new life in the name of Jesus. The blood spilled from Emmanuel's veins becomes the seed drops in the created soil that gives birth to the reconciliation of the whole world. You're invited to find your hope in the tree of life, the cross of Calvary, upon which the Prince of Glory died. His name is Jesus, and he has now been raised from the dead to offer you to come today and believe that in him you have security and refuge and life. May you believe in Jesus, and may you find refuge in Jesus forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that by the power of your life, you are still growing your kingdom and reaching the hearts and lives of people with your grace and love in Jesus' name. Continue to be at work in our hearts and lives to renew in us the gift of faith and to strengthen our belief that Jesus is the Lord of all life. Thank you that in the cross upon which Jesus died, 
we can always find refuge and shelter, that we can lay down our failures and lay down our shame and rise up to new beginnings. May we always feel your arms of love around us, and may we find hope in your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has helped you find your hope in the tree of life, the cross of Calvary, upon which the Prince of Glory died. In him you have security, refuge, and life. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener supported radio and internet ministry dedicated to proclaiming Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and personal Savior to all who receive Him. If today's message has helped meet your spiritual needs and you are in a position to do so, we ask you to consider making a contribution to help pay for radio time. We currently broadcast over 30 radio stations in 12 states, in Kenya on satellite and worldwide on the Internet. Address your gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. All donations are considered tax-deductible. If you've enjoyed today's message and would like to hear it again, we invite you to look us up on the Internet at christiancrusaders.org. We offer many recent messages as well as the opportunity to automatically receive our program to your phone or other electronic device by podcast. Please make a note to visit us today. Again, our website address is christiancrusaders, all one word, dot O-R-G. We are thankful you chose to worship with us today and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and associate speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 80th year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.